I'm going to go ahead and get into the message. I'm going to let you remain uh, seated because I know many of you were up on a ladder putting up Christmas lights. I, I, I was, and I was really praying, Lord, please don't let me fall. <laughs> it would not be good. The tradition of giving gifts at Christmas time, it's symbolic of the gifts that the wise man brought Jesus. Their gifts were valuable to the family of Jesus. They really didn't benefit Jesus. They benefited his family. And they were very valuable, but not nearly as valuable as the gift that Jesus would provide to all mankind. When it comes to perfect gifts, God knows how to give the best. Don't you like the gifts? Let me say thanks to Sonia and then uh, to Mickey for de decorating the church. Didn't they do a great job, everybody? God knows how to give the perfect gifts. And our series text is found in James 1:17. It says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So, th so this series is called The Gifts. We're going to be looking at the gifts that God has provided. And the first one is the most important. And I believe most of us have received it. If not, I believe you can receive it today. And that's found in Ephesians 2. It says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. You can't even do it if you wanted to. <clears throat> not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I want to talk to you a few moments this morning about the perfect gift. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for every person here today. I thank you more that your presence is with us to do a work in us. Have your way in, it, in us. Church, pray it with me. Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life. And Lord, I thank you for these miracles this morning already. Lord, do any others that you want to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, trying to find that perfect gift for someone, especially those people that seem like they have it all, it's, it's really hard. Giving gifts can be very stressful for a lot of people. I mean, it really can. And we made up our mind a long time ago that, hey, what we're going to give, uh, if you like it, we hope you do. If you don't, you could take it back, you know. <laughs> but I feel sorry for Patty because Patty has a very hard time buying gifts for me. And the reason why, it's, it's not that I don't like what she gets me. She has a hard time surprising me. Because I guess every gift that she gives me, even one year she took a gift that she, got, that she bought and put it in a bigger box with my favorite candy in the box. And I not only guessed the gift, but I guessed the candy that she put in the box to deceive me. I told her I can't help it because I have a spirit of discernment. I can't, I can't help that. I know. So, so I try not to guess anymore because it just sort of takes the fun out of it for her. But I love everything she gets me because I know that she gives it to me because she loves me. It's given out of love. 
And this is the reason that God has given you some really amazing gifts, perfect gifts. It's because of his love for you. And this first one, we know this, this verse very well, describes, it speaks of his love. This first gift that we're talking about today, look at John 3, 16. We know it, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. It is a, a, a result of God's love that he wants to give. And the gift of salvation says that God loves you so much that he gave the most perfect gift, the most precious gift he could give you. Paul says this, talking about the gift of salvation in 2 Corinthians. He says, now thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, which is precious beyond words. Too hard to even, even put it to articulate it with the right words, how precious the gift of salvation uh, is to me and you. A couple of questions. Have you received that gift of salvation that God has offered? Have you already received it yourself? And if you have, the second question is this. Is it still precious to you? Is it precious beyond words for you to... Explain. I love what Benny's testimony a while ago, and, 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 and that's such a powerful testimony. But he could have kept going because, I mean, the difference that God has made, he's experienced so many miracles and opportunities, and we're all the same. We all have results from salvation if it's truly received. My prayer is that all of us will leave here today with the greater appreciation of this gift of salvation that God has given us. And Paul was right. It is hard to adequately describe the, with words how great it is, but I'm just going to try today. I want to give you four statements that describe the gift. It doesn't do it justice, but it just helps us a little bit. If you're taking notes, you can write these down. The first description of the gift is this. The gift was necessary. It was necessary. Because of God's love for us, he had to do something. The scripture sets up the Christmas story in Matthew 1. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. <coughs> Excuse me. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. It's complicated, right? It's really complicated. Can you imagine Joseph, or the way he felt? You pregnant with what? <laughs> and the angel Gabriel appeared. I believe it was Gabriel. An angel appeared to Joseph. It's verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So there were some strong feelings, right? Verse 20, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. 
The name Jesus means God is salvation. God is salvation. Mary and Joseph, there's no way for them to fully understand the angel's announcement. 33 years later, they would, they would get a little bit of a better understanding when they see their son murdered on the cross. But still, I'm sure the full, the full grasp of it still didn't sink in. You see, God wanted a close relationship with mankind, but our sin separated us from him. Because Adam's sin, the Bible says, the sin nature entered into the world. So even the best person has a sin nature. We all have sinned because of that sin nature. And because of that, that sin nature separated us from God, from having a close relationship with God our Father. Someone had to pay the price for sins because the Bible, for God, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Someone had to pay the price for man's sins, but there was no one to be found because it had to be a sinless man to be able to make that sacrifice. And God knew that he would have to send his own son to become that sacrifice. His sinless son would take on the sins of all humanity and would become the sacrifice so he could restore his relationship with us. He loves you that much. He loves us that much that he was willing to bridge this gap with the, with the, the death of his son on a cross. But he didn't stay dead, amen? He rose to life. The scripture says in Romans 5, look how beautiful this is. It says, the gift is not like the trespass. For if, the man, if many died by the trespass of one man, talking about Adam when he sinned, the sin nature came in and caused the, 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 the account of death. So if, if many would die because the account of one man, the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? That's me and you. That we get new life. We're, we are no longer under that penalty of the death of sin, the, the death caused by sin. Now, that's not natural death. We all will die one day. But this is spiritual death, that we can have new life in Christ. Verse 17 says, For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life? Through the one man, Jesus Christ. We have life, abundant life, Jesus said, I came to give. That if, if one man, a natural man, caused death to enter, and he was a natural man, how much more, he's saying, do we live a spiritual life? Are we spiritually alive because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? that we're able to have this relationship with our Father God. Now, nothing to stand between us. Isn't that so awesome? The gift was necessary. God knew he had to do something because of his love for us. He wanted to be close to us. So the gift was necessary. Let's thank the Lord. Lord, thank you that you love me so much that you did something about it so I can have a relationship with you. 
The second thing that to help us describe the gift a little bit is the gift was valuable. The willingness of God to give the gift and the willingness of Jesus to be the gift should not diminish its value in our minds. It was given freely, but it cost greatly. Jesus, the darling of heaven, clothed himself with humanity. Jesus was fully God and became fully man. He was rejected, mistreated, and persecuted by the mankind that he created and came to save. And he did it all without opening his mouth. The Bible says he was like a sheep led to be slaughtered. He hung on that cross, praying still for mankind. And the Bible says he could have called legions of angels to deliver him. And the mankind that he was sent to save spat upon him, cursed him, and even said, come on down if you're the son of God. And he hung there, offering himself. He could not give you any more than he gave. There's nothing more that he can do. There's nothing greater than he can give than lay down his own life. It was valuable. John 1 says this, 10 and 11 says this. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. God's willingness to give his best has to indicate the greatness of his love for us. He's got too much invested in you to let you be floundering around and struggling in this life. He's meant you to be successful, full of life, powerful, anointed, being carriers of his spirit, proclaiming his goodness to a lost and dying world. He's got too much wrapped up in you to let you struggle with the same old things, to let you feel like you're not enough and you can never make it. He's got too much he's already done to prove otherwise. Romans 8, 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not, along with them, graciously give us all things? If he's already, if he's already given his best in Jesus Christ, how will he not give us what else we need? I was amazed while we were on vacation. Patty posted a picture. I was sitting on the balcony just enjoying the time, and I had some cheese puffs and enjoying myself. And we had seen pigeons out there and flying around, and we were on the 18th floor, so we were quite a ways up there. And one little pigeon came up and looked sort of friendly, sort of looking at me, longing in his eyes. And I just gave him one little cheese puff. Well, if he would have kept it between me and him, we would have been okay. Well, he has to go tell the whole flock there's cheese puffs on the 18th floor. And before I know it, there were pigeons all around me. And I thought, see, you done messed it up. You shouldn't have kept it between me and you. 
Now there's hungriness everywhere. I had this thought. You know, God takes care of these birds whether I have cheese puffs or not. God cares for every one of these birds. They all were fluffy like me. <laughs> and God provided for them. How can I think he would do otherwise? The Bible says, Nikki, that you... That two sparrows are sold for a penny, but you're much more precious than they are. How will he not take care of you? How will he not provide for you? His child? Do we not believe he's a loving father and a good father? Yes. He loves us so much that he does provide and take care of us. The gift was valuable. He invested in you. He, he has plans for you to succeed. Let me give you the third one. The gift was necessary, the gift was valuable, and the gift is life-changing. Can you say amen? amen? Salvation is so much more than having sins forgiven. If you think that's all it is, you're missing out. It's a new life. It's real life. Let me give you a few things that salvation says, but first look at the Scripture. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Let me give you some, some ways to describe this, this life-changing event at salvation. Salvation means this. Salvation means you are justified. You are justified. To be justified means it's just as if you had never sinned. Just as if you had never sinned. To be justified. Because of the cross, the Bible says that we have been made righteous with God. In right standing with God. It's not our righteousness that Jesus gave us his righteousness. So that we can be justified with God. That we can have purity when we stand before God. Not, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus did. That we are justified. Do you believe that? See, Satan wants to talk you out of that because if he can talk you out of what you received, he can keep giving you what he wants you to receive. But you have been justified to stand before God as righteous, righteous in Christ, right standing with God, nothing to separate you. And if it should, he's going to convict you so you can deal with it and remain in his love, in his righteousness. Amen? Romans 3 says this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. It's a gift given to you. To be justified. I got some sins that I had to be justified from. Oh, be forgiven and to be justified, I guess, would be the right way to say that, don't you? Yes, you do. And to, to understand that through forgiveness and righteousness with Christ, it's just as if I had never done them to begin with. You're justified. Number two, you are sanctified. Sanctified. What does that mean? To be sanctified means to be set apart as holy. With your salvation, you become sanctified or holy 
because you have the Holy Spirit living in you. He moves in when you ask Christ to forgive you and to come into your life. Jesus himself allows his spirit, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, move inside of your life. This is so wonderful. This is what the Old Testament saints dreamed of. This is what the Old Testament saints would, would, would long, they longed for. They, as a matter of fact, they couldn't even see that happening. They, they saw God's kingdom being set up on earth, not in mankind. The Old Testament priest would have to, have to cleanse himself before he went to the Holy of Holies. He would have to make sacrifice. He would have to put on special consecrated clothes. And he would have to have a rope tied around his ankle when he went behind the curtain of the most holy place that just in case there was a sin that he forgot to say, forgive me, Lord, he would drop dead in the presence of God. And no one, no one else can go in the holy place, the most holy place where God's presence was. They would have to pull him out by the rope. It was not a light thing for him to go. He would go one time a year into the most holy place because God's presence was there. And it was an ordeal for him. He didn't take it lightly. It wasn't just a, a casual stroll. There were some things that he had to do. But do we understand that this most holy place is now living in us? That is God's presence residing in us? The Bible says that we have the treasure of God's presence in jars of clay. That we have the very presence of God inside of us, making us holy. You are a holy people, the Bible says. Well, Pastor, I don't feel that holy. A lot of times I don't either because I still have a, a, a sinful nature. I have a fleshly nature. But it doesn't change the fact that the presence of God is living in me. Holy, you're sanctified, you are holy. Tell your neighbor, I'm holy. <laughs> and watch them laugh, <laughs> those that know you the most. You are holy, though. You are holy, you have to understand, you are holy. You have the presence of God residing in you. And the more you acknowledge him, the more he will let you know he's there. Sanctified, you are sanctified. Look at the scripture. It says, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Hmm. That the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Did you know that the Bible says the Holy Spirit is your deposit guaranteeing your inheritance? It says that you are marked with a seal. I want to know what that seal looks like. That when Satan and his demons walk past you, they realize, oh, wait a minute, he's sanctified. They can tell that the presence of God is residing in you. Do we deserve it? No. But we are the temple, the Bible says. Thank God for his work. He's transforming us, making us into the image of God. He's trying to form you to what God has already ordained you to be. Isn't that so good? Aren't you thankful today? Man, I'm, I'm pitiful without him. 
you wouldn't even want to be around me without him. Selfish, <clears throat> moody, who, who else is like that in your natural self? And what we have to do is kill the natural self, right? Crucify it by spending time with the Lord and allow his presence to be who we are. Let me move on. You're, you're justified, you're sanctified. I love this one. Number three, salvation means Satan's hole is nullified. <laughs> I'm going to put a <laughs> on the end of that one. Satan's hold on you is nullified. I'm staying with the whole five thing. A lot of words that could fit. Like my chicken southern fried. No, I'm going to get back to the message. You know, I got to throw some humor. Satan's hold is nullified. To nullify, listen to this, is to make of no use or value to cancel out. Now, we're talking about Satan's hold on your life, nullified. Before salvation, you are bound under the influence of satanic forces, whether you know it or not. You thought you were in control of your own, but you were just a pawn in Satan's game. But when the Holy Spirit came in, everything changed. Did we sing the song this morning? Hell lost another one. I am free. Mm, hell lost you when the Holy Spirit moved in you. His hole, his little, he's trying to still get them little fingernail hold on you. You know what I'm talking about, that little grasp? But he don't have it unless you give it to him. Salvation means you have freedom. Freedom in Christ. Freedom from sin. Freedom from strongholds. 2 Corinthians says this, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Man, you guys do a great job in, in worship. <clears throat> I just want to encourage you to be more free. I saw a couple people come down to the altar, and today I didn't feel the need to come up and, and, and um, say anything. I just I wanted to just let the Lord do it on his own, whatever he wanted to do without me. And I didn't feel him to tell me anything. But I just want us to have a freedom to come to this altar anytime you want. I want you to have a freedom to worship. If the worship is toward God, not distracting, not to draw attention to yourself. But when your worship is for God, be free. But not just in here, in your house, in your life, in your prayer time. Be free. I'm just amazed how we can talk more about things that really don't matter. I like football, but they have never sent me a check. <laughs> and I'm just amazed how many people say, well, yeah, we going all the way this year. We going all the Where you going? You going to be watching at your house while they get paid a million bucks for you to act crazy about it. I saw one fan that was in the stand. He had his shirt off, colors painted on his blessed self. I was like, you looking like a fool. And I can't help but think about it. Will you look like that for Jesus? Man, how can we be more passionate about things that are fading, that don't mean anything? They can for the one that gave his all for us. Man, let's be free. Let's, let's be free in him. Let's be so thankful. This upcoming year, I want you to celebrate Jesus like you've never done it before. I'm going to do it myself. 
why can't we be in the grocery store and give God some praise? Amen? So, my, 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 Satan's work is nullified in your life. If you'll allow it to be, don't let, don't open the door for him. Let me move on. I'm running out of time. Here we go. I like this one too. Staying with the rhyme. Number four, you have been redefined. Again, I, I'll make reference to Benny's testimony. That, I love it, Benny, when you said the brother had his foot in your back a few times. And now he's coming to hug you and tell you how much he appreciates you. Only Jesus can do that. And the good news is Jesus can do it for anybody. You've been redefined. Whatever labels that were placed on you before, they're no longer valid because of Jesus. You have a new identity in Christ. Those who were labored, labeled failures become forceful for God. Do you know anybody? Those who were labeled addicts become anointing to set, anointed to set others free. Those who were labeled no good become great and powerful for God. Those who were labeled no hope become messengers of hope of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Is there anybody today that's had a label change, been redefined by Jesus Christ? Galatians says this, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Did you know you're an heir of heaven? That I am an heir of heaven. Not because of my bloodline, but because of his bloodline. Salvation is hard to describe, but just to give you a few words to help us. It not only means that you're justified, it not only means that you're sanctified, it not only means that Satan's whole is nullified, it not only means that you've been redefined, salvation also means that you are now qualified. <laughs> qualified. I'm happier than y'all are, I think, in here. I know I'm I, know, I feel unqualified to do anything from God, for God. But I can't qualify myself. He qualified me before I ever took my first breath. And he qualified you also. The scripture says this, it is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualifications come from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. Since I wasn't here to preach last Sunday, I got to take my minutes from last Sunday too, okay? No, I promise I won't. But I felt like this. I felt this when I was preparing for this message. This upcoming year, God is going to help us, and I don't want to give you the word. I have to be very careful not to use it. But there's a ministry word. I'm really excited about us turning 10 as a church. And I believe we're going to be poised to make a difference like we never have before. And we're going to be looking, I'll use this word because I don't want to use my other word. We're going to be very strategic. And we're going to make a difference in Rankin County. Have we? Yeah, we have. But we can do a whole lot more. And we're going to be looking at our surrounding cities, our surrounding town. God has placed us in a place that's very strategic. 
Did you know in about 10 minutes you can be to, to Flowood, you can be Richland, you can almost be to Florence if you go the back way. You can be to Brandon. We're in Pearl. We're just in a very good place. You come down Airport Road from, from Flowood area or you come up um, 469 from Florence area or the back way from Richland. We're five minutes to Richland. There's a neighborhood, uh, Silver Ridge, that's right by us. They're fixing to develop, I heard, 100 homes. And then the next phase is going to be 200 homes. I believe a, a few months ago when I preached about revival, that God says that's the church address, 2714. I believe we're in a very strategic place. I feel like well, this is a, a destiny place. Now, how long we're here, I don't know, but God knows. But I know God has placed us here to dominate for the kingdom of God, to take over for the kingdom of God. So we're going to do all that. We're, we're going to leave it all on the field. Amen? And we're going to be strategic. That's the word I can use, strategic. Yeah, I don't want to use the other word. And then there will be a faith focus word that's going to make it all come together. But this is what I felt when I was studying the message, when I talked about you're qualified. If you're uh, from the Florence area, you consider that you're from Florence, would you stand up from the Florence area? I know there's some others that are not here today. You're qualified to make a difference in Florence. You're qualified to make a difference for God no matter where you are. But this is where God has placed you. This is where you live. This is where you have neighbors. This is where you go to the grocery store. You're qualified to be mighty for God in your area. I want you to start praying out over Florence and asking God to give you Florence in the name of Jesus. That the kingdom of God would be built in Florence through salvation for people. Will you do that? I'm going to pray for you before we sit down. If you are from Richland, if you consider Richland to be your place, would you stand up? Any Richland folks? Yeah. You're qualified to reach Richland. You're qualified to be used mighty for God in Richland. You're qualified to, be make, to make a difference. Did you know that area is better just because you're living there? Not because of where anything, but because of the presence of God. The glory rests on your house, on your family. There's a difference that you made. You're qualified. Brandon, if you consider yourself from Brandon, would you stand up? You consider yourself Brandon address. You are qualified to make a difference in Brandon. You're qualified. I believe the Lord is going to not just move church, but I'm talking about Christian people. You know, why don't we be contagious for Jesus? And why don't we start, you know, spreading like the virus for Jesus? Amen. You're qualified to make a difference. You're qualified. When you go in the grocery store and God puts something on your heart, follow him, do it. Start praying over your area. You're qualified. Flowwood, if you consider yourself from Flowood, would you stand up? Yes, come on. You represent Flowood. You're really qualified. You're all by yourself. There's some others. You got it. You and God got it. You're qualified to make a difference. Katrina, you're qualified to make a difference. Wherever God sends you, you carry the anointing. You have his presence. Is this making sense? And if you consider yourself on Pearl, would you please stand up? If you consider yourself on Pearl, you are qualified to make a difference. I'm going to say it over and over again. You're qualified. You're qualified. You're carrying God's anointing with you. He has called you to make a difference where you are. Everywhere, right? But your home is in Pearl. You go to the grocery store in Pearl. You are qualified. Start calling out over your city. 
as we call all the Rankin County all together. Now, I know Jackson is in the house. If you're Jackson, would you stand up? Jackson is 10 minutes from us. I mean, it ain't far all uh, from us on the interstate. Man, there's so many places around us. Now, if I haven't called you, you're qualified for your area. Would you stand up? And um, I know some of us are a little further out. Anyway, <laughs> that's okay. We're going to be used by God where we are. Where we are. We're, I want us as a church to begin crying out over our towns, over our counties. How many of you believe that time really is short? Would you raise your hand? Now, would you please put your hand down? How many people know somebody that's not ready should Jesus come today? Would you put your hands down? Who do you think is responsible? Who do you think God wants to use? Us. We're qualified. We're qualified. You don't have to know ten scriptures. You've got experience if you're saved. You've got, a, you've got a story, like Benny shared. Hey, man, I was, I was down and out. And I, you've got a story if you've experienced salvation. You're qualified. You have the presence of God in you, the anointing of the Holy Ghost in you. You're qualified. What else do you do? You don't need to have a doctoral degree, seminary degree. You're qualified as a messenger of the gospel. We're qualified. I'm qualified. You're qualified. The scripture says this. Well, I just read it. You think, look, our qualifications come from God. I don't have to have man's acknowledgement. It's okay, but I don't have to. My qualifications come from him. He has enabled us to be ministers of the new covenant. Would you raise your hands up to heaven? God, would you do that? You already have qualified us, but I'm asking you to help us to realize that. Give us opportunities. Put it on our heart. Help us to pray, Lord God, for our cities, for our areas, that we refuse not to make a difference where we are. Lord God, your presence is in us. Your anointing is on us. We have experienced you already. Lord God, I thank you that you're going to put it on our hearts to make a difference wherever we go. And we thank you for our towns. We claim them now in the name of Jesus. We claim our families now in the name of Jesus. We claim our friends now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. Amen. Give me just a few more moments. You're qualified. Let me give you the last one. Salvation means your future has been customized. Your future has been customized. God's got great things planned for you. I don't want Please, if you're going to be negative about this upcoming year, don't even tell me about it. <laughs> I think it's okay to say that. I don't want to hear any negativity about 22. I about had enough of this, hadn't you? <laughs> and before you know it, we'll be speaking and we'll be w walking around children of God, heirs of heaven, Walking around, looking down. There ain't no way. The Holy Ghost inside of you will not let you do that. As a matter of fact, I believe he's going to be all over you. I know he gets all over me sometimes. 
You cannot be down in the mouth, walking around hopeless, thinking it's just going to get worse. I don't care what name of the virus they come up with next. God is going to move mightily in my life and in our church. <clears throat> and we ain't going to have to put out cardboard images of people in church. This church is going to grow. This church is going to experience the move of God. Amen. Come on, we finished to be dismissed. Why don't y'all sit back down again? Would you stand up? Because I'll preach longer. Stand back up if you will. I'm going to be done. If you're standing, I'll finish up. But if you sit back down, now I'm going to preach longer. Your future has been customized. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Anything you say other than that is speaking devil talk. You don't speak that over your kids. You don't speak that over your life. I'm amazed at how subtle the thoughts of Satan can come. And before you know it, he'll have you talked into something that's contrary to what God has already ordained for your life. I mean, it just, <coughs> uh-oh, oh, do I have fever? And it's just so subtle, and it's just a pattern of thoughts that he'll constantly bombard you with. You can't afford to receive not nary one of them. Let me say the last thing about the gift. The gift is hard to describe, but this is the last thing. The gift must be received. It must be received. It says, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I want to close with this story. <clears throat> if I can get that first picture A little girl had a plastic pearl necklace that she loved. She wore it every day. After a while, the beads began to become discolored and dirty, flaked. Her dad saw how bad the necklace looked and decided to get her a real pearl necklace for Christmas. He couldn't wait until Christmas morning. After the little girl opened all her gifts, the dad called her over to him and said, I have one more gift for you. Her eyes brightened with anticipation. Hoping to rid her of that old, dirty necklace, he said, but this gift requires you to give something before you get it. She said, what, Daddy? He said, I want you to give me your old pearl necklace. She instantly grabbed it and said, no, Daddy. Can't. This is my best necklace. The dad said, the gift is better than that old dirty necklace. You can trust me. She knew she could. And so she so slowly took off the old dirty necklace and placed it in her daddy's hands. The dad smiled and gave her a beautifully wrapped box. She tore into it, knowing it had to be good. And when she saw the new pearl necklace, her mouth fell open, and she let out a yell. The dad said, now this is beautiful, valuable, and real. And he placed it around her neck. She never asked for the old necklace back. It's hard to describe how great salvation is.
but just a little illustration with a little girl and an old fake necklace. So many times we try to hold on to what we think is the best. And we think it's nothing could be better than this. Sure, it's dirty. It's fake. Maybe Satan talks us into that's all you can feel worth. I don't know why we hold on to what we hold on to. But you have a loving father that wants to give you the most beautiful gift, the most perfect gift he can give you. And it's the gift of salvation. And it is real. And it is beautiful. And it's better than you can ever describe. I have never met one person after truly receiving salvation who thought their old life was better. Would you bow your head? Father, you're speaking to hearts right now. I think, Lord God, maybe some haven't truly received. Maybe salvation for them was just sins forgiven. Today, Lord God, I pray that you let them know there's so much more. The gift of salvation is given to you. You must receive it. But I have to let you know there is a, a small catch. There is a there is a trade. You have to give up your old life. You have to give your life back. But what you gain is true life. Beautiful. Real. Better than you can understand is what you get. If you would like to receive that, you know you need to today. Lord, speak into your heart right now. Nothing else has to be said other than you saying, Lord, I do receive it, and I give you my life. I freely give it to you. Church, we're going to pray it together. If you're watching online, the presence of the Lord is speaking to your heart right where you are. We're going to pray this together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'm going to do my best to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have received salvation before today, would you just lift your hand up to heaven? I have already received it. I'm so thankful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much. I'm going to ask you, you have to have your hands raised. Please look at me. Is he still precious to you? Is what he's done for you, is it something you don't think about much anymore? Is it just a routine? It's just maybe it's defined as I go to church. Do you realize what's been done for you? Let it be precious. Let it be precious to you. May God thank you. I deserved hell, but you came and gave me heaven. I deserved to be your enemy, but you came and not only made me your friend, you made me your child. Make sure it's precious. Will you bow your head just for a moment? Just tell them how much you're thankful, how, how thankful you are. Thank you, God. 
thank you. You not only forgave me of my sins, you gave me a new life. You gave me fellowship with you. You spend time, you want to spend time with me. Thank you for that. Going back to the salvation prayer. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, would you just raise your hand? I prayed it for the first time and I received salvation. If that's you, just raise your hand. There's nothing to be ashamed of. We're going to celebrate with you. Anyone? Yes, praise God for you. Praise God. Anyone else? I just prayed and I received salvation. I'm so thankful. Oh, thank you, Jesus. If you're watching online, I want you to raise your hand right where you are. God sees it. See, the Bible says that heaven rejoices at one sinner who repents. Heaven rejoices at one sinner who repents. Come on, let's give God praise. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. <clears throat> thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. I want us to, really, I, this has to be a commitment of your own, but consistently with God, spending time with God is what's needed to crucify that old sinful nature, right? for us to really walk in the fullness of what salvation means. So this upcoming year, I, I've been doing it for the last, this is my second year of doing the one-year Bible. And there's a, a, a couple of sites. You can go to Church of the Highlands app, and they have the one-year Bible. Bethany Church in Baton Rouge has the one-year Bible. And I'm going to, I, I ask you, would you make a commitment? If it's not the one-year Bible, the one-year Bible is if you do it every day, you read the whole Bible in the year, okay? But if it's not that, would you make a commitment to the Lord to spend time with Him every morning, reading Scripture and saying prayer? Please, take, make it a, a serious consideration. And I would love for our whole church to commit to reading Scripture and praying every day in this upcoming year. But man, if we don't, we can easily be deceived. We can miss out on what God wants to do. And I don't want to miss out on anything the Lord has for me. Amen? Do you? I want to bless you. Thank you for allowing me to go over a little bit more uh, this morning. I felt I wouldn't have kept talking if I didn't think it was the Lord. I'm going to bless you now. The Lord is done. <laughs> you ready? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.